Welcome to Zero Brightness, a podcast about horror video games. I'm musician and engineer Ali Jafar in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I'm joined by James Woodard, also a musician and engineer, all the way from San Antonio, Texas. How's it going, James? Hey, everybody. <laughs> Today, <laughs> we're talking about Layers of Fear 2. Do we have to? <laughs> yes, James. <laughs> we decided, so now we're doing it. Uh, we went and done did it. Yep, it's time. Uh, it, it's this uh, today's episode is a cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah, so we if you've been listening, you know that a few episodes back we talked about the original layers of fear, uh, mm-hmm. which on our we had the horror rodeo episode. Yeah, which you can go check out. Yeah, for sure. And so it's just part of that. It's maybe like 20 minutes tops. It's not very long. Uh, Mm -hmm. The layers of fear section, that is. And I think our conclusion was like, it's cool for what it is. It's a fun sort of haunted house attraction, but it's not actually good. And it is actually bad. (laughs) Right. Uh, I I think actually you summed it up the most succinctly um, in, in our previous episode. Uh, <laughs> my personal experience with the first one was that I played it when it came out because it looked kind of fun. Mm-hmm. It is very, very obviously inspired by PT, and right. I covered, you know, I covered it in that episode. But it's kind of it was the first one. It's still one of the very small handful of games that came out in the wake of PT that actually finished being developed and came out you know what i mean yeah so you know pt pt is strange because it is a game demo that was canceled but then it also spawned a subgenre right right there's this layer layers of fear layers of fear 2 there's games like devotion which we covered previously mm-hmm. um what what other pt clones are there Oh my god! Um, I mean, I mentioned in in that episode too. There's just like a ton of them, but they're all yeah. sort of locked in development hell to some degree right. or another. Like Alice and Road is in development hell. Yeah, and that was the most high profile one because they mm-hmm. literally just popped up and were like, "Hey, y'all, we're making PT." <laughs> right. You know, and but PT was such a short demo that you know the genre bounds weren't really quite solidified. Yeah. So these games have kind of gone in a bit of different directions. Right. And Layers of Fear decided to make it a super linear fun house mm-hmm. with a loose-ish story, but you don't really need to pay attention to the story. And it's not really good at all anyways. So, um, you know, we talked uh, on the other episode about how bad the voice acting is. Right. Um, it, I... I I just didn't find Layers of Fear very engaging. But so that's how they're handling it. You know, other companies like Red Candle with Devotion are taking a more almost adventure gamey way. You know, there's more items. You actually have to figure things out. Right. I think that these games are sort of caught between the adventure game genre and the walking simulator genre. Yes. Right. Absolutely. So what mix of elements you get from those different genres is sort of up to the developer. Mm -hmm. And yeah, layers of fear sort of just took the central hook from PT, which is that, you know, you can't trust the architecture. You can't trust the things you perceive 
and they made a whole sort of walking sim type game out of it. Yeah, like you said, the story isn't compelling. The game overall, it doesn't really give you a reason to push forward, except that you want to just see the next thing. The next gimmick, yeah. I think the big picture, like the cardinal sin of the original Layers of Fear, was that it took a bunch of ideas from other games, which is not bad in and of itself, but then it just didn't Uh execute them well at all. Right. Like, it didn't mix them together in a way that was engaging. It didn't do anything new or interesting with them. Um, I kind of said this about uh, Glass Staircase, but it almost feels like it's less than the sum of its parts. We're kind of in the minority, though, because people do like Layers of Fear. And it was sort of a big deal in terms of streaming. Yeah, I mean, we're super in the minority. And even looking at the reaction to the newest one, the sequel, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people are bringing up the fact that, oh, well, I loved Layers of Fear. You know, yeah, and I mean, we 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 are like horror game players, and you know, coming with that, there's a lot of you know, like forgiveness and gameplay problems and everything. I think mostly we're just looking for something that's compelling. I like even for me, I've said it over and over, and I still feel this way that I don't really care if a game has like a traditional narrative. I don't care, or if it has one that's like not good, but it's just totally skippable or easy to ignore like yeah you know aces like i don't give a fuck like if the atmosphere is good if it presents me with something that's interesting to look at and experience that's kind of all i care about you know i don't like it when a traditional narrative is just sort of shoved in your face and you have to consider it and it's bad that was Mm -hmm. my problem with glass staircase that was my problem with layers of fear you know, there's any number of games where it's like, I have to look at and consider this, but I also I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I would contrast I that it. with like Alien Isolation, which has a super dopey story, but you can just completely fucking ignore it. So you know, Layers of Fear 2 is developed by Bloober Team, which also made the game Observer, which I, I liked a lot. We're going to talk about it in the future. Right. Uh, But Observer, I felt like, was a big step up from Layers of Fear 1. You know, narrative, exploration. It leveled up all those things that Layers of Fear wasn't that great at. Yeah. And it it took it up another notch. It made it more video gamey, for one. Because, yeah, like like we said, Layers of Fear is kind of like a funhouse. And when you're done with it, you're kind of done with it. I thought Bluebird Team was kind of on the right track, hoping uh, Layers of Fear 2 would take some of those ideas from Observer. Right. And so I hadn't played Observer until a few days ago. Mm-hmm. So before I played Observer, my expectations for Layers of Fear 2 were this game is going to suck. <laughs> and then I played Observer and I was like, holy shit, this is really good. You know? Yeah. And like you said, we're going to cover it. So I don't want to get too deep into it. But if I had to talk about what I think Observer does better than the original layers of fear. I think there's two huge big picture improvements that you just can't ignore. Right. Mm -hmm. One of them is that they figured out how to structure a game that still uses those psychedelic elements from the first layers of fear. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically what it is, is there's sections that take place in the real world that has normal, consistent geometry uh, and you know <laughs> yeah. physics and then 
they're at certain sections you like jack into someone's brain implant and suddenly you're in a psychedelic hell world. Those parts are incredible in Observer. They're fucking nuts and they're really scary. Part of the reason that, you know, the first Layers of Fear didn't work for me and that I think it's a really kind of a hard concept to turn into a full game is that if you have to keep that sort of nightmare logic going for a whole game, it just starts to A, wear on the player and B, you start to run out of good ideas. Yeah. You know, and you get so used to it. It doesn't feel so nightmare. You know, you lose the fear really fast. I thought Observer making that change was actually a really big deal because I was like, oh, these parts are really a lot more effective in this game. I think it's much better. The other big improvement in Observer is that they found a way to convey their story ideas and sort of themes without using a traditional narrative. Yes. So in that game, once again, not to get too deep into it, but essentially the main themes of the game and most of the story are told through the environment through the character, through all this stuff that just kind of happens around you. There are cutscenes, but not a lot, and they're not, you know, super deep or anything. Right. Yeah, the main gimmick of Observer is talking to people through their their peepholes, essentially, in an right. apartment building. And that's really like 90% of the communication in the game. So it had all these cool atmospheric storytelling ideas, and it did all this stuff in a way that was really impressive. And, you know... Contrasting that with the original Layers of Fear, it was like, oh, they actually found a much, much, much better way to make that kind of game. Because it's still the same kind of game. Yeah, well, they were, uh, I felt like they were on the right track, (laughs) you know? Yeah, so after I played that, I was like, oh shit, well, maybe Layers of Fear 2 is actually going to be really fucking good. (laughs) (laughs) Right, exactly. Well, Observer takes place in like a small apartment building. So, you know, you have that small, compact area that you can explore and, you know, there's backtracking and stuff. So I was hoping Layers of Fear 2 would take some of those like exploration notes from Observer and apply them to Layers of Fear. For me, my expectations were even lower where it was just like, okay, they're going to do the linear haunted house type thing again but it's just going to have some improvements like it's not going to be a constant stream of the dream logic stuff the controls are going to be better maybe things are segmented a little bit more so that the different game design ideas can sort of uh blend with each other better that well that was my expectation they subverted all of our expectations (laughs) yeah so, <laughs> so yeah. well, all right. Well, you could probably already tell how we feel about this game, <laughs> but maybe we'll start off with some later notes. What's better? What what did Layers of Fear do to do better than Layers of Fear One? Well, so with Layers of Fear Two, I was more interested to go into it aesthetically because it seemed to have a strong aesthetic. It's set on a cruise ship in the uh-huh. I don't know the forties. Maybe it's super gorgeous. Yeah. And it has this kind of old Hollywood theme. Uh, It it has a more inviting environment than the first game. I think it's pretty deco the first. One of the first things I noticed that is that the narrator of the game, I was like, man, this dude sounds a lot like Candyman. And I looked it up and it's Candyman. (laughs) So that's cool. 
Shout out to Bloober team for giving these like old horror dudes jobs because Rutger Hauer was an observer. And no, I had the same thought because going into it, I was like, man, it really sucks that Rutger Hauer isn't in this game. But then I was like, oh shit, they got Candyman. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Candyman. I love Candyman. I hope Layers of Fear 3 is in like a, the, the projects from Candyman 1. <laughs> what a horrifying place. Yeah. So the voice acting in Layers of Fear 2 is a lot better. Um, it it doesn't make the story better, which we'll get to. But right, but <laughs> the voice acting's a lot better. The presentation of the game is just much, much, much better overall. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, th- and that wasn't even a a real besides the voice acting. I don't think that was a problem in the first one. But there's it, defi- it was a little generic. Yeah, this one definitely has its own style. Even the title cards, um, you know, they're very throwback, filmy. But the the art direction, the graphic design is gorgeous. Um, there's there's like a, a little cutscene before every chapter that sort of look like abstracty row shark tests. Those look really cool. I mean, I don't know. Maybe we should just talk about like the setup a little bit of this game. Um, it's super vague the whole time. But I mean, you start on like a cruise ship that looks like it's like sinking, and, like water's coming out of the ceiling and stuff. Right. And. It's pretty vague, but um, you end up in like your suite, which is like a really fancy suite on this cruise ship, and it's even got like a film projector room and stuff. Right. And there's the, there's this disembodied Candyman voice telling you what to do at the beginning. Right. But it, essentially, the loop of the game is that you keep coming back to the small theater room, putting on a reel of film, and then playing through a chapter. Right. And and your your suite sort of becomes your central hub. There are some collectibles that you can miss. Right. That really all they do is kind of like unlock a couple more like lines of dialogue. In your suite there's like a, a Edison cylinder player. Mm-hmm. So as you're walking around sometimes you can you'll come across Edison cylinder that you can play back at your suite after the chapter is over. Right. And you can collect like movie posters. Like if you if you look around enough in the environments, you can find little movie posters. And I think there's something else you can collect too. Oh, the um, uh, slides for a slide projector. Yeah, which have spooky pictures on them. So my, I don't know. My first impression of this game was kind of taking all that in, being like, oh, you know, maybe they did what you were saying, where it's maybe a little gamier. You know, yeah. has more game elements, has a little more meat on its bones but Mm -hmm. the first thing i noticed when i booted up the game was that the controls are bad they're like layers of fear one style they're not as bad (laughs) but they're like that well the drawer pulling mechanic and the opening and closing of doors and stuff is still very much like the first game and if you hated that you're gonna hate this well and observer didn't have that which is why it's even more confusing like observer i thought the controls were really slick like when i first booted up that gameplay i was like oh they fixed the fucking controls like i never (laughs) had any problem like that but then when i started layers of fear 2 the first thing i started doing was hitting myself in the face with doors (laughs) (laughs) right so here's here's my two big gripes with the controls number one is that the way the doors and different things you open are designed is really bad uh, like they're all too big or they swing open the wrong way. So you'll repeatedly smack yourself in the face with doors or shutters or whatever. Yeah. And some of them too have like wacky physics. So they'll just keep closing like the hatch on the ship. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. <laughs> I had to open it. It just kept opening and closing. I probably did it like 15 times until it stayed open. Um, <laughs> 
So it's just a, it's just like a size and relativity problem where it's like the doors are too big. Like they need to just be a little different than in real life. Because in real life, it's really easy to judge where your body needs to be to not hit yourself in the face with a door. Like that's a pretty <laughs> common thing that every adult human does every day is open a door without hitting themselves in the face. But like <laughs> in a video game, there's a lot more relativity at play because you're using a controller. I, I think you understand what I'm saying. Probably look, Ollie, we're supposed to be going over the positives. <laughs> <laughs> I know I've, I've, I'm jumping, but no, but like this really freaked me out. Cause I was like, God, I can't open a fucking door. But then the other thing is that the interaction mechanic is stupid too. There's two interact icons. <laughs> yeah, there are. Yeah. There's one that means you can interact with it. And there's another that means you are close enough to interact with it. <laughs> yes. And like, I just couldn't tell if my character was like 10 feet tall or the size of a house cat, you know, like I just couldn't move. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> yeah. Which one? The answer is yes. Yeah. All right. Back to more positives. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the game looks great. It look, it looks great. Yeah. I mean, imagine if you like started in that hub and then like a good survival horror game you would like explore out and find stuff and then come back yeah and it was actually scary man yeah so much potential <laughs> yeah and but you know what i'm also gonna shit on this a little bit for a <laughs> so like i thought that the game would give you these sections that looked amazing uh but those would always be the shortest section. Yes. And so like the parts that I really liked were the parts that were either super saturated with color, like oversaturated yes, color. Absolutely. Or the stuff that was super stark. Yeah. There's some, there's some parts with like pure white hallways and it's something from like 2001, a space odyssey. It's amazing. Amazing. And then you know, there's one part where you're walking through a bunch of red curtains, like fucking twin peaks. Yep. Beautiful. That's, yeah. We're thinking of the exact same parts. Those parts were amazing, but then the sections where you would actually have to spend a lot of time in slash get stuck in are just super boring. Yeah. Brown planks. Yeah. That, what a great point. That, man, there were, there were some great set pieces in this game, but you're just, you're, you're just fucking holding the run button and you're running through them. Yeah. There's no reason for you to fucking be there. Well, props for the run button though. Um, <laughs> Because an observer, it was the stick click, which I'm not a fan of. I, I kind of like the stick click. As long as it's not a hold, I'm totally cool with stick click. Yeah, I mean, it's not terrible, but I, I just prefer like having the right or left bumper, which is what this game does. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So, and that's like, I mean, that's, I think Soma had the stick click and it, it always just like bothered me a little bit. But anyway, yeah, like it, it's weird to, I mean, I haven't read a lot of reviews because I wanted to not sort of get them in my head when we were doing this. But I like, I kind of poked around and, and saw what people were saying and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, people are really praising like the graphics and the art design as they should. But then, like I said, that it just really started to bother me when I was playing the game. That I was like, you don't get to stay in those parts very long. You're really stuck in like the dirty grungy just like brown plank sort of boring world most of the time or at least i feel like that's like the big part of the game 
like you know like pipes on the walls now that now that you say that like that that really makes a lot of sense i think that a lot of the areas you keep returning to also are really boring looking like the the hallways outside of your uh your sort of hub zone mm-hmm. and the hub zone itself when they're unstylized they're just not very interesting to look at it does look nicer once you start collecting like movie posters and stuff it fills up yeah totally and then it, it sort of like evolves through the game too so that's kind of interesting to see yeah I just felt like going into this game, I had some Bioshock related misgivings where I was sure. like, oh, they're going to do the Bioshock thing. I think neither of us like really like Bioshock. So no. But then like when I actually played the game, I was like, you know, I kind of wish they had actually Bioshocked it out a little more. Like some, <laughs> some of these areas are a little too clean and not waterlogged. Going back to the positives, I think. There's there's a really cool visual thing since we're on visuals where you know as you're progressing through the game it starts looking like a black and white movie or like a sepia tone movie at certain points and it can become like really stark and super gorgeous at points. There were some like black and white parts where they were playing with like shadow and like tenebrism. You know what I mean? Yeah. Re- uh, really gorgeous visual moments. But, you know, there there you go again. It's just moments. It's just moments. And I think that after playing games that have a really cool, heavy aesthetic, you know, you come to this and you're just like, why? Why didn't you do that? Like, when you think of Devotion, right? Like, the way that that game looks just pops immediately into your mind. And you can picture it. Yes. And Devotion has a bunch of the same limitations as this game. Right. Um, there are never really a bunch of, like, animated characters on screen. I think in this game you get, like, two, and only during cutscenes. It, it's clear they're, you know, like, trying to save on animation budget or something. But, you know, both of these teams are, like, working within their limitations, right? I think Devotion does it so much better. Yeah. And I kept thinking about Back to Devotion as I was playing this. Me too. We, we, we just reviewed it for a previous episode, so go check that out. But um, we both really loved it. And in terms of, you know, being one of the genre of PT clone, it really knocked it out of the park. Yeah. And I kept, I kept thinking of that game and I kept thinking of Soma because to me, those are kind of the two standout games in Mm. this genre. And I kept thinking about all the things that they did right coming from a similar background as these developers, because especially, especially uh, Soma, right? Because Frictional made some kind of like janky ass games. uh, Right. And then like you play Soma and it's like, oh shit, like they got their shit together, you know? Well, I think Soma has like a much more direct narrative style. Yeah. You know, Layers of Fear, Layers of Fear 2, and, you know, even more so PT, you're kind of like drip-fed narrative and well you know, layers of fear do, does it very ham-handedly but you're kind of like drip fed like these kind of like abstract notes of what's going on and you slowly piece it together right but i i guess the reason i was thinking of it wasn't as much of a direct comparison gameplay wise but more of looking at it as such a great achievement coming from such humble beginnings right sure yeah for sure Because like frictional games, you know, that's a team of people who weren't even game devs, just got into it, learned how to do it because they wanted to, you know, they and they kept putting out games that did well and were kind of cutting edge, but also like really janky. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> Penumbra has aged like shit. Uh, and Red Lobster <laughs> leftovers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, amnesia has aged a lot worse than I expected it to. I still like that game, but just it really felt like a happening, you know, like it happened for its time. And sure, you go back and play it. It's not a bad game, but it feels really like you know, 2012 or whatever year it came out, you know, <laughs> yeah. which I didn't expect because at the time it felt so slick and well-made, but then you look at Soma and it's like, well, those guys managed to make Soma. Soma's fucking amazing. You know, like I keep coming back to it. It's now been like four years since it came out and it, it could have come out today. I wouldn't know the difference, you know, they leveled up. Yeah. And so that's what I was, I was thinking with going into layers of fear too, where it's like, okay, layers of fear, obviously we dunked on that enough, but then (laughs) (laughs) like observer was such a big step forward, just like from penumbra to amnesia. Like it's not perfect. It's not a perfect game. Yeah, for sure. And it's a cool game and it was a really, really cool experience. Like, yes, I was super into that experience. Yeah, it still has the 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 patented bloober team sort of funhouse feel, but yeah. it's actually like a fucking video game. Right. And I'm not even against the funhouse thing. It's just like I said earlier, <laughs> I think that you need to temper it with other elements or you need to have the game be an hour long and charge less for it. Like I personally would be super into it if a developer came out like puppet combo right but more high quality like if someone was like we're gonna make these hour-long games they're just like a fun house or a movie or something like that they each cost five dollars or whatever a movie yeah. i mean movie tickets are like twelve dollars now so it's like right anything up to twelve dollars to me would be fair and it's like okay it's the length of a movie it's a really short scripted thing like a movie maybe you want to go back and watch it again maybe you don't you're not mad usually that you spent the money on the ticket Sure. Yeah. You know, and I I would be into that. And I think that if Blue Routine wanted to do that with this franchise, like with Layers of Fear, I would be into it. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not really into whatever they're doing with this now. (laughs) It's such a waste of potential, I feel. Yeah. And I don't think there's anywhere where that's more apparent than in the story. Yeah. The story is awful. It's (laughs) super vague. Oh man, so you're you're an actor. Yeah, you're a method actor. And you're actually sort of like a shitty human being because like you're a shithead dad to your kids. Okay, hold on. Let's back up here. Let's back up here because you actually have no idea what anything is. There is no clarity. You don't know who you are half the time? Who is the narrator? There's a different narrator for different scenes. Why is there a different narrator? Right. Like in the first chapter, I think you're you're playing as the dad, and then the next chapter, you're one of the kids, and like, ugh. Yeah. So, well, the third chapter, which is named after a great Sepultura song, obviously. Roots, bloody roots. <laughs> yeah, dog. Um, <laughs> so don't talk shit. That was my childhood, bro. Yeah, dude. That's real shit. Middle school. Shout out middle school. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah, dude. Um, like, you don't... Okay, so, layers of fear. There's two... 
<laughs> There's two games in this series now. We've just come to accept that their thing, in extreme air quotes, is that they don't tell you anything. They don't set up the story. They don't tell you what's going on. And they don't, they pointedly don't tell you who your character is or show you <laughs> your character. Right? There may be madness involved. So that's <laughs> their thing. This is a direct comparison to Soma I can make, though, because what, who and what your character actually is is part of the plot. So with this game, I was sort of thinking, okay, who am I? And even before the game started literally writing who am I on the fucking walls. Oh, man. Yeah. Let's just pause there to consider the hackiness of that. Yeah. Those chalkboards, dude. The chalkboards. With the fucking Comic Sans ass looking font on them? What the fuck, with, bro? With the Twin Peaks quote on them. Yeah. <laughs> when you see me again, it, next time it won't be me. Isn't that like what Laura Palmer said in the fucking Black Lodge? Well, there's a whole bunch of them. They all seem to be referencing, but they're Cheesy like. Cheesy references. Oh my god. That's another like. We just like keep hitting these like potholes of why this game is awful. Yeah. And like usually I love homages to all this shit I like, right? Right. Like I want to see Twin Peaks homage. But like oh man, they just handle it all so badly. Yeah. We'll so, get some more of them. Right, we'll get to it. But so like the early in the game before it even started telling me to, I was wondering, wait, who am I? Cuz you're wandering around and you're finding notes, uh, of course, lots of notes. <laughs> Yeah, s scribbled notes, like, posted to, like, the door. Like, like a 14-year-old, like, depressed goth kid or something. Right, you know? Which, like, I can usually vibe with, because that's sort of, like, my inside, but like, I wasn't... Like, Papa Roach lyrics? Like, <laughs> it's like a scribbled note that says, cut my life into pieces or some shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so it's like y you find all these clues that are referring to different characters. So we know that there's an actor, right? There is an actor who's on the ship because they, their career is in shambles because of their personal life. And they're taking on this new project to try to revive their career. We know that. Yeah, yeah. We also know that there's a director somewhere. Yeah, and he's like sort of seems foreboding and evil, and it's just a disembodied voice for the whole game. Right. So there's a director, and then there's these two kids who immediately we start hearing their voices and are being told their story. Right. So the intention here, I'm going to assume, is that you start to wonder which one of these elements or things am I playing as? Right? I guess. And I say that because that's... I, I did think that briefly, but the main question to me was, who the fuck are these spooky ghost kids and why the fuck do I care? Are they going to shut up? The answer right. is no, no, and no. It gives itself no time to build suspense. And this was my big picture problem with the story, was that the story starts giving us backstory on characters and events that haven't been established, which right. essentially is a way of answering questions that haven't been asked. 
it, it just ends up being a bunch of noise. Right. So when the kids start talking and you start finding out all this history about these two kids, it, I mean, eventually you just start to assume like, okay, I guess this is, I'm one of them. And then you're like, which one am I? But it's, it's not interesting because the game puts the cart before the horse and it loads you down with all this narration and exposition about mm-hmm. these kids. And I just didn't give a shit. Right. It tries to be mysterious, but at the same time, it's just like never ending, like dialogue spouting. Yeah, that's a, a really good point is that it's trying for a mysterious, but there's so much of it. And it's so without context that I just didn't care. And I was super bored. It was very hard to care in this game. Right. The other thing this game does that is also a problem in Observer, I can't remember if it was a problem in Layers of Fear 1, but I don't remember it being, is that like uh, dialogue triggers are tied to places. So if you walk too far away, it just stops. Well, Soma did that too, and that was fucking super annoying in Soma. I felt like I had a longer leash in Soma though. Like I didn't notice it as much. Yeah, every time you interacted with a voice recording in Soma, the world around you would slow down. Yeah. And you'd have to listen to it in this, like, bubble around the voice recorder. And if you walked outside of that, it would, they would stop talking. Oh, weird. But, like, guys, stop doing that in your games. <laughs> yeah, it's really terrible. But it's pretty hardcore in this game because, A, I mean, after about an hour, I just started running through the entire game. Yes. And so, yes. I, yeah, it's such a I shame. A like, dialogue. Yeah, absolutely. And like, there's sometimes like there's dialogue going on, and you're stuck in an air duct, <laughs> and you're listening to this fucking dialogue just sitting in an air duct. Like, come on. No, it, that's the big problem is that you don't care. Like, the game loads you down with characters and dialogue and information, but there's so little context, and it's so uninteresting that I just did not fucking care, right? You're just like sprinting through these like gorgeous environments the whole game. (laughs) It's true. I ran through the whole game. And there's more than one puzzle that I just, I literally button mashed my way through. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. The plant puzzle, I don't know how, I solved it. I don't fucking know how. Like I was sure that I wasn't doing something right. So I like, pulled up some youtuber and saw him do it and i was like okay it's just like randomly turning off and on like these dumb fucking switches throughout the room yeah like <laughs> progressing through the puzzle was like turning on and off the fan and the hot and cold taps yeah. on the fucking sink until you found the right combination like who the fuck came up with that puzzle that guy should be I mean, come on, man. Like, we've played fucking video games before. You know how puzzles are supposed to work. Why is why is this door opening tied to the fucking sink faucets? And why, why, why is there an animation of the plant growing in the wall? Because it's turning on and off these switches. All you're doing is, like, interacting with, like, a silhouette of a plant on the wall. Yeah. And you're trying to get it grow. It's so fucking dumb, dude. <laughs> There's one puzzle where you just have to put a chair down. And like shit's on like there's like a scene on a turntable and like there's a crank that like makes the turntable turn and you have to put the chair down in the little square. Like why is that a puzzle? So just leave the fucking puzzle out and like what is that doing for your game? For me, that was the moment when I thought, okay, it's not just me, these controls fucking suck. Yeah, that was a super like I you know exactly what you need to do. 
there's yeah. like a square on the turntable and there's a chair hanging above it. Right. Like all you have to do is put the fucking chair above the square and then lower it. Yeah. And you know exactly what you need to do, but the controls are so bad that that's a challenge somehow. It's really hard and it's, it sucks. <laughs> Those are just two examples. Like, yeah, the incessant chase scenes. Yeah. That aren't fun with instant deaths. So it's not like, oh, you can like ju- just like hide and have like an interactive hiding experience like Alien Isolation or Outlast or something. But no, if, if, if it's, it's like a game of fucking tag. Yeah. <laughs> if he touches you, you die and you have to start the scene over. Well, and they're all 100% linear. So if you go the wrong way, you die. Sure. And they all 100% fucking suck. Right. And what's so and I guess this is what I mean is that it's not just the story that has no context. It's the game. And (laughs) even taking into account that that's what it's supposed to be, because the central hook is like it's psychedelic and you don't know what's going on and everything's constantly changing. Even taking all of that into account, it doesn't work because it's just such a mishmash it's such a fucking mess so just for as a great example the chase scenes are a great example because basically at one point early in the game you suddenly are like oh there's a monster and he can chase me and one hit kill me right right so that sucks like that's lame and it's not fun but then the game is like Oh, guess what? There's also searchlights at only one part. One part oh, God. in the I game. I forgot about that. That can also one hit kill you, so you have to avoid yeah. them. There's no context. You don't understand why. I, I died, I guess, like 15 times before I realized <sighs> yeah. I wasn't supposed to walk in the light. Right? Yeah. So then it gets better because then the game is like, wait, we'll do the same thing. But this time it's with fire. Explosion. Fire. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is like... Okay, all right, cool. And then they're like, wait up, we'll do it again. But this time with magical laser fire. Yeah, with the skeleton laser? A yeah. giant skeleton shooting Necro laser. Yeah. That's your new death metal band name. You can have that. Necro laser. <laughs> Dude, it's just it's like, so fucking stupid. Why? The hedge maze with the necro laser is absolutely probably the worst part of this game. Like it felt broken because like when you hide this weird like audio cue happens. It's so stupid. But it's like it's done really poorly. So I I thought the audio crashed. Who thought that was a good idea? I don't know. Yes. The weird audio crash thing. Dude, hedge. you could really make a hedge maze scary, even if it is like a fun house thing. Yeah. But first, you got to get your player to slow down. Right. But you're just sprinting through this like entire like never-ending hallway of bullshit. There's no pause in this game. And even when there is pause, it's at the hub, and you just want to get through it to the next part. Because you just want to finish this fucking game, because it's not fun. No, I mean, I, I agree. That's exactly how I played it. I I don't normally end up doing that, but it was funny how, because it worked in this game, I was like... Oh, sweet. I bet I can knock an hour off if I just run through everything. Well, the the exploration is never rewarded. The collectible items I was talking about earlier, they're always like super obvious. I think I missed just like one or two and I wasn't taking my time. But, you know, after the first hour, you realize you're not awarded for exploring these like gorgeous little areas. So you just end up running through it. Well, this is everything, too. So it's like once again, everyone, including us, is praising the game's art design and a lot of the visuals. But (laughs) The atmosphere sucks. As you put in the notes, it's not fucking scary. Yep. Big, big, big item. It's not scary. This game is not scary at all. 
Right. Playing a really scary game, you get, you know, like creeped out vibes. You get nothing like that from this game. Well, and even just going from Observer to this was really jarring because those nightmare jack-in sections of Observer are fucking scary, dude. Yeah, they're pretty freaky. That shit really, like, real deal freaked me out. Here's a question about this sort of genre. Do you think taking the consequence of dying in the game out makes it not scary no i think that the dying you know and we talked about this i've said this many times we talked about this last episode i think (laughs) i think that what is scary about a game or unsettling or creepy or whatever should not be tied to a jump right sure that's number one and number two is that the player should not be punished for finding a scare. A scare in a horror game is like a collectible. It should be <laughs> its own reward. You shouldn't be punished for finding it. Yeah. And okay. Devotion did that really well because there's sure. scares. They're scary and you don't die. Mm-hmm. None of them That's kill true. you. Good point. Yeah. And I actually hate that horror games punish you for finding scares. The way this game kills you is unforgivably bad. <laughs> um, you know, the the chase sequences are just trial and error. There's a couple puzzles. Like, there's one where you have to, like, lock the door behind you and then, like, unlock it before you suffocate in the room or something like that. Uh, that was, like, that really that stupid. you're actually chased by the monster. Yeah, but then at the end of the little monster chase, you have to figure out this little puzzle. Oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah. annoying. I just died like 25 times figuring out what the fuck I was supposed to do. And so that, that takes all the fear of death out. One thing we haven't really talked about is just, like how stupid the monster is. Oh, God. After beating it, I still don't know what purpose it serves in the story. Thanks so much for listening to the Zero Brightness podcast. If you want to support us, the most direct ways are at our Patreon, which is at patreon.com slash zero brightness. You can also give us a rating on the service of your choice. I know Apple's super into that. And when you leave a rating, you can also leave us a suggestion for a future episode topic. You can also follow us on Facebook as well as Instagram. We're at Zero Brightness Pod. You can also shoot us an email with thoughts, comments, whatever at Zero Brightness Podcast at gmail.com. It's been really cool interacting with people and sharing thoughts on Facebook and Reddit. So hoping to hear from you guys more directly in the future. Okay, enjoy the rest of the episode. Okay, so we're talking about the monster. Ugh. (laughs) I think it's indicative of the whole problem with this game, which is that there's just no context for anything that's happening. There's no reason to give a shit. There's just no reason for any of it to be. So when you encounter this monster and it starts chasing you in almost heroically unfun sections. Absolutely. You're just like, why? Who care? Why? And 
Dude, I'm, I'm sorry I keep talking about Observer, but it's really been just freaking my beak that Observer was so good and this <laughs> game is so fucking bad. But, yeah. like... Uh, yeah, because even Observer like, has a couple Heidi Chasey parts. They're not the yeah. strongest part of the game, but they're there and they're better than this. Right, but here's my... Yeah, no, 100%. But here's my big problem. That game has a monster. There is a light plot twist explaining to you why there is a monster. It's not a lot. It's not super deep. It was just enough that I was like, okie dokie then. Yeah. There's no okie dokie then moment in this game. (laughs) No, at no point in this game did I utter or think the words okie dokie then. (laughs) And I was so far from that that it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just just enraging. It didn't give me any dokie dokie either. No, no dokie dokie, no okie dokie, no smoky, no fun. <laughs> no fun at all. Uh, one thing I really hated about the art design is that there's fucking mannequins everywhere. And as like, I don't know, a, like a visual cue or a visual analogy for something else. It's just stupid and not scary. And so it's like the two games. I mean, I almost feel like this episode is actually about devotion and observer right devotion i mean has dolls yes yeah and it works really well but they're not in every fucking scene that's the thing yeah that's what i mean it's like this game thinks it can just put a mannequin in front of you and then you're just like ooh, (laughs) like there is one part where one mannequin crawls down a wall sideways and i didn't get creeped out by it but i actually thought Oh, good for you, buddy. You actually did something. <laughs> Is that the part where you have to put the little paper mouth on it to yeah. solve that really stupid puzzle? Uh, Yeah, I don't know if I'd call that a puzzle. That was just so sort of a... fucking stupid. And this context problem is actually... So that's chapter three, right? I don't know. <laughs> I think... Sure. <laughs> I think... I think, if I'm not mistaken, that that's actually chapter three. And... The thing about that that really bothered me was when you start that whole section, it's like, okay, here's the backstory on the kids, Uh right? But you still don't know who the kids are. You hear about them at first as like, oh, they're stowaways that are like stealing food or something like that. Right. But you're like, if it's this like rich actors, kids, like, why the fuck are they stowaways stealing food? Like, what the fuck is going on? Exactly. And... It's just so suddenly you're deep diving into the backstory of these characters that you don't understand, know about, or have been established in any way at all. It's like I said, this game loves to just answer questions that haven't been asked. (laughs) Like, I wasn't curious. Actually, when the kids first started talking in the game, I was like, oh, is this like a anthology horror thing? And these are like ghosts. And then we're mm. going to get different ghosts in the next chapter. Because right. <laughs> I don't really care about these like funny Oliver Twist kids. I hope they go away. <laughs> huh, jokes <laughs> on you, buddy. It's the whole fucking game. It's, it's, it's just, it's such a mess. Layers of Fear 2 is a pile of shit. Uh, <laughs> that is the title of this episode. <laughs> I, you know, I was considering <laughs> Layers of Fear Poo as the title, but I don't know if that's too on the nose. <laughs> Yeah, layers of fear too, more like layers of fear poo. Like I want to jump on like Steam and GOG and tell you how you could spend thirty dollars better. <laughs> I mean, 
I could tell you how to spend thirty dollars better in the world. I don't like here. Okay, here's what's funny. I just went and saw a really bad fucking movie, right? I saw that Brightburn movie. Mm. I didn't even know what it was. It was literally some friends were just like, "You want to go to a movie?" I was like, "Sure," and they're like, "We're gonna see this movie," and I was like. I don't know what that is. And then someone who was standing nearby was like, oh, it's it's cool. cool. And I was like, all right, buddy. So I just went and saw this movie. And uh, it was really bad. But I went and saw it with some (laughs) friends. And, you know, we had a drink beforehand. It was fun. Hung out. It was fun. Yeah. And overall, it was like, that experience was fine. I'm not salty that the movie sucked. I'm not salty that it was $11 or whatever. But, yeah. This is different. I am salty. (laughs) Yeah. Super salty. It was really a slog to finish. I guess there's a couple cool, like, mind benders towards the end of the game. Spoilers incoming. Stop now to avoid spoilers. I don't know if they're worth playing through. Well, we should talk about the ending. I think that the ending is kind of indicative of all of the problems with the game. I think that it encapsulates everything that I don't like about this game. The ending is determined by a number of small choices you can make throughout the game. There are four places where you can pick between one or two options, and depending on what you pick, you get one of three endings. Right. So first of all, before we even talk about what the endings are, that sucks. That fucking blows. Absolutely. uh, Like, it sucks on its own. It sucks because also the three endings are very, very different. I don't like multiple endings in games. It gives me anxiety. (laughs) But if a game is going to do it, I'm going to say I like the way that Detention did it. And Detention's not the only game that's done it. It's just that we played it recently, so I'm thinking about it. Well, you just have to replay the last chapter. Right. That's fine. Well, but even more than that, like if a game has multiple endings, I'm okay with it if they're basically the same, but the tone changes depending on how you play the game. Because mm. that's what tension is. It yeah. doesn't change what happened. It changes the tone. Right. This game, they're completely wildly different. None, none of them are great, but one is really, really disappointing. After having playing through, played through, I don't know how long I took on this game, six, eight hours. After playing through that much and getting such a disappointing ending to such a disappointing game, I was pretty uh, bummed. The ending you're talking about is probably what you could call the bad ending. Sure. So each of the choices that you're presented with has like two options. It's basically like obey, disobey. Obey the director or disobey the director. Yeah. Right. So if you go all one way, you get one ending. If you get all the other way, you get the other ending. And if you go back and forth, like, you know, maybe a normal person would, you get the bad ending. (laughs) (laughs) And the fucking bad ending is literally just, there is no ending. There's some woman talking to you that you've like never seen before. I don't know if she's supposed to be like the girl growing up or something, but I don't fucking care. It just sucks. And she's just like, it's basically like she's lecturing you on like how you did a bad job or something. I sort of could, I guess I could make my own fun with that ending and say that she's supposed to be like the embodiment of fate or something. But there's nothing in the game to tell you what that person is or why they exist. It's just like it's a non sequitur. And then they just say, yeah, like try again next time. (laughs) 
<laughs> like an old NES game. I was going to say like an old arcade game where there's a really mean game over screen that I was like, better luck next time, idiot. So it, it's really, really weird. And it's also weird because, like I said, I think the average person, if a game gives you a choice, aren't you just going to just like have fun with it? And that's I feel like a lot of people are going to end up getting that bad ending unless you're like, I don't mm-hmm. know, some super completionist like pro gamer type. And you're like, no, you know, it's not worth know? it. Why put yourself through that? Right. Like, the game's so, not scary the first time. It, it sure is fuck not going to be scary the second and third and fourth time you play through it. Like, yeah. How unsatisfying of like a second playthrough of a game can you think of just like running through these unscary hallways a fucking again? Like, yeah, Jesus. Like, I've never wanted to not play another game again as much as Layers of Fear 2. Absolutely. And that ending is just a real uh, that's a real kick in the pants. But <laughs> so when I got that ending, I, I jumped online and was like, OK, what are the other endings and how do you get them? And then I, I, I saw I found the information that I just shared where it's like, here's how you get them. And yeah, whatever. we'll get into what they are. But it just once again, it drove me nuts because the other endings are so different. They radically changed the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And to have them tied to these goofy ass little choice sections in a game that has no context or consistent mechanics. It's like, what? Like, what the fuck? No, it's a no, no, it's a no for me, dog. And when I was thinking back to observer again, observer kind of does the same thing where there are two endings, Uh but it's based off of one choice. Very obvious choice. At the end of the game. Yes. And similar to detention, it doesn't change the ending that much. Yeah. And it was a great ending. It is a good, either one of them is a good ending. You know, like I got the one I got and then I watched the other and I was like, those are both good endings. And even though technically they have one big plot point difference, it's almost the exact same ending. Yeah. For sure. So you can't walk away unsatisfied. I would say the same thing about Silent Hill 2. I mean, Silent Hill 2 doesn't have my favorite way to handle multiple endings, but it's like you don't walk away unsatisfied no matter what ending you get. And I feel like you would have fun in a second playthrough of Silent Hill 2. Well, that's another, that's a whole different discussion, (laughs) but yes, I agree. Those games reward multiple playthroughs because you're going to get the fucking Heather beam on the second playthrough. So it's going to be a different experience. It's going to be more fun. There's no way to add fun to layers of fear too. It is cursed. So let's, let's, let's talk about what the other, the actual endings of the game are, right? I guess. (laughs) No, I want to go into this because this blew my fucking mind with how stupid this is. It blew all right. So the actual endings of the game, there's two of them and they're mirror images of each other. Yeah. Uh, One of them is that, and they both hinge around revealing what character you actually have been playing as the entire game. Well, see, I don't know. Is it the entire game? Cause I kind of felt like you're changing characters throughout the chapters. You think so? Yes. I think I'm the actor in the first chapter and then you turn into the kids and then you're the actor again. I don't know. And honestly, I don't really care. Yeah, I mean, that was kind of how I felt. So I just interpreted it as like, well, I guess I'm this guy. Yeah. The thing that I guess seems to be consistent throughout all the endings is the plot of the game is basically you are playing as an actor. 
this actor is on this ship to make a movie and is, I guess, having a flashback or a mental breakdown or something. That's my guess at the context of the game, right? Um, I don't know. Because they had a traumatic experience on a ship as a child. Uh, They had an abusive dad, and so them and their sibling ran away from home, stowed away on a ship. The ship ended up burning down and they survived but their sibling didn't okay and that was that's my guess at what is going on in this game and so the whole game is like this psychedelic flashback mental breakdown of this whole person's childhood and all the stuff that happened to them right so there's two (laughs) endings and in my interpretation basically one of the endings you are the the little kids are a brother and sister I think one of us said that earlier (laughs) But once again, it's hard to keep track of all this shit. Like, I don't know. But so there's a brother and sister. In one of the endings, you're the brother and the sister died. In the other one, you're the sister and the brother died. Oh, is that what it is? I So depending think. on the end of the game, you're either yeah. a boy or a girl? Right, exactly. And and it's different because... I fucking guess. Yeah, they had, a, they had a different like relationship and power dynamic. So I guess depending on how you played the game... It was like you identify more with like the sort of weak retiring brother or the domineering assertive sister. Hmm. I think that's like the obey disobey thing. Well, and then here's the worst part is that both endings are exactly the same after a certain point, right? Yeah. I mean, the ending where you're the sister, the little brother fucking shoots himself in the head, which is like. (laughs) Well, it's with a prop gun because they're on stage. Right. But it's still stupid. Anyway. It's like pointlessly edgy. (laughs) He did it. And I was like, oh, finally. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Just what this game was missing. Child death. (laughs) Child death. Anyway. So the game, the the endings are, are mirror images of each other where you're in a scene with the little kid version of whichever sibling died in your ending. Uh And you're acting out a scene, but then like suddenly you're on stage and people are clapping, which is like, why is it a stage play? I thought they were making a movie. <laughs> what is this? And then you you go back to your dressing room and you look at your mirror and it's festooned with all the posters for your past movies and you're this big star. And then you're looking at yourself in the mirror and in the mirror you see a crate and it zooms in on the crate and it ends on a jump scare of the crate opening. So stupid. That's, that has no context no relevance to the plot and it ends on a fucking yeah. jump scare. I wonder if that was like the whole the whole crowd clapping thing. I wonder if that was like a bad reference to Dario Argento's opera. It's funny you should mention bad references because we can now move into the lightning round of cheap movie references shoehorned into this game. Are you ready to play, James? Yeah, I'm ready. Boy. You know, I, I like <laughs> references. I like homages, you know. I want to see more Lynch in, in, in video games. I want to see, you know, more Kubrick in video games. Sure. There's a bad way to do it. And Layers of Fear 2 found that bad way. And it oh, just boy, kept howdy, fucking rolling with it. Yeah. So in the game, uh, let's start with a 7, which is probably the most out of place reference. Because, <laughs> like, who the fuck was watching 7 in 1940? There's, a, like, a puzzle around, like, the 7 Deadly Sins. And from the movie Seven, and you, you even find the little girl's head in a box. Yeah, and I, I think I texted you at that point, and I told you that 
<laughs> out loud. I just exclaimed, like, what the fuck is wrong with this game? <laughs> I don't remember what I said, but it was so stupid. One of the yeah. dumbest moments in an exceedingly dumb game. Oh, agreed. I also, <laughs> uh, I found myself continually saying, are you fucking kidding are me? You fucking well, kidding. That might have been it. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta be fucking me was another one that I definitely yelled at some point. Oh fuck you! Next, next up we have Metropolis. Right. Um, there's a puzzle with a really stupid clock, and like it's like an addition puzzle. Uh, it's like in a, it's like a puzzle you would have found from like an educational adventure game from from PC gaming in like 1996. Yeah, I actually that puzzle took me a minute because I was like, it can't be this simple. It can't be just addition. And then the feedback you get is also kind of wonky, so I thought I was doing it wrong, but then I was like, no, this is actually so dumb. I'm doing it right. The mannequins are doing the same shit like the robots from Metropolis would have been doing. Right, right. But like, the frame rate is lower on the mannequins because they want to make it look filmy, but it just looks like shit. It doesn't come off as filmy at all. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Yep. Next, um, Dogville and Manderley, the Lars von Trier movies. Is it Lars von Trier? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, more movies that don't make any sense in this fucking game. Right. Um, for one scene, and you don't really get to appreciate it much, they steal that idea from Dogville and Manderley where instead of having a set, there's just like like spray paint or tape on the ground or some shit with like dotted lines outlining like a room and it would say like room and instead of having a couch it would just say couch on the floor right um just lifted stolen doesn't really do anything for anything i guess i don't know well and then speaking of that there's of course the shining references which are so on the nose that it's just oh my god yeah bad uh, you know, yeah, you're walking down the hallway, the twins pop up just like the movie, and they pop out and pop back in. And yeah, I think they're mannequins too, which is like the ter- cherry on top of the cat turd. Like, this <laughs> <laughs> is so stupid. Yeah, it's so bad. Um, there's more, too. Uh, yeah. Oh, everybody's favorite Smashing Pumpkins music video, A Trip to the Moon. Uh, <laughs> That real yeah. like the, the one the thing that bothered me about this one is that it's just so cliche. Like yeah. there's that old timey silent movie where like the moon has a face on it and they land a rocket on the moon and it's like poking him in the eye. That shit's right. in here in this like um it's like a little mini game. But it's like the worst mini game ever. Yeah, and I would say I mean, so there's more silent film references on this list, including yeah. Nosferatu and cabinet of dr caligari yeah if you watch nosferatu it's legitimately creepy and so is cabinet of dr caligari you get oh, yeah. you get none of these creepy vibes in this game like it might look german expressionist but it sure as fuck doesn't feel that way no not at all and that's what i was gonna say with the silent film influence is that they do absolutely nothing with it they just steal visual cues from it that's it and it's such a bummer because there is something that you could do with that and I was even like you know that's not my favorite aesthetic for people to incorporate I love those movies on their own sure. but I find like you said earlier when people incorporate it it's really cheesy a lot of times like that Smashing Pumpkins video or uh, Rob Zombie's Living Dead Girl video <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's like that and, and so it's like well 
it's cool of them to try and incorporate that and maybe that will be cool but yeah. they just do what everyone else does and they just crib visuals from it and they don't actually do anything with it right. at all cuphead did it cuphead got away with it but cuphead went like all the way in i would argue yeah all the way and there's other games too even games kind of similar in this genre that incorporate little set pieces and things that are drawing from like german expressionism and sure. silent film and all that stuff and this game doesn't do that this game doesn't do anything this really. game fucking sucks there's more too there's more on this list there's uh amityville yeah there's like a bunch of flies like in amityville is and the references are just like so like obvious when you see them it's yeah it's not like love letters it's not like it I don't know if you saw uh, us, but at the beginning, oh, yeah. beginning yeah. of us, there's like a chud tape next to the TV. And I'm like, all right, I fucking get it, right? You know, this is actually something we were talking about last night in a totally different context, but I made that us reference that you just made. Um, so we finally watched uh, A Quiet Place. Oh, know? yeah. The Office horror movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, we really didn't like it, which once again, also puts us in the extreme minority. It's just Jurassic Park. Yes. So that's what we, the conclusion (laughs) we came to was that that was a movie made by uh, Jim from The Office. Yeah. um, Because he didn't like horror movies. And he actually said this in interviews. He's like, I'm not really into horror, but I thought I could do it better, more or less. Right? Yeah. Which is just such a pompous, like, piece of shit attitude. But... Because he doesn't like or understand horror, I mean, yeah, he ended up just making fucking Jurassic Park, as opposed to (laughs) Jordan Peele, who's someone who comes from a comedy background, but obviously just like loves old horror movies. He he, dude gets it. And yeah, you you would know that even if he didn't put these references in his movies. But yeah, like the beginning of Us has that TV with all the references on the shelf around it. And it's like, yeah, yeah. Or like the whole press tour for Us, he was dressed as... Uh, Jack Nicholson's character in The Shining. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, it's like he gets it and he appreciates it. I think that's a big difference. And in this game, I sort of feel like the a lot of the influences and things that they're making reference to are stuff that they just don't really get or they don't appreciate enough to really right. incorporate into their game. So they're just throwing out these like cheap nods. Right. It's not inspiration. It's reference dump. Right. And you can find that in any sort of art. The difference between someone being inspired by something or really want to make something in the tradition of something. Yeah. As opposed to someone just referencing something like you. T- I mean, everyone who goes to like sh- like local shows wherever they live and see shitty bands will definitely see bands. They'll just like name check other bands <laughs> or just like name check the town they live in. And it's like, yeah, bro, like that's not how you do it. Or Or even like, you know, on a bigger scale, like all the bands that came after Nirvana. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's woof. That's all I have to say is this is not good. Layers of fear Two is the silver chair of PT demo clones. I don't know. I think they're more like the nickelback of PT. clones. <laughs> oh Christ. And this is how you remind me to never fucking play one of these games again. <laughs> if there's a three, I'm going to play it. But it better be in the hood of Candyman. <laughs> and we're bringing Candyman back for one more. This is getting my just no. I had to do that with American Horror Story, too. Dude, fuck that show, man. I stopped mid midway through the freak show season at the yeah. fucking, speaking of Nirvana, at the Nirvana cover. That was the last episode I watched, and I was like, I'm fucking done. 
See, I, okay, I watched the first season of that show and I was like, that was shitty, but I guess it was fun. Sure, and yeah. I watched the second season and I actually thought that was pretty solid. Is that the murder face one? Uh, it's the one that's in the asylum. Yeah. 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 That was a pretty good one. Yeah. Yeah. But then I watched the third season and it was just trash. And I, that's when I was like, I'm not watching any more of this. And then everyone I know who watched like all, anything after it was like, oh yeah, it's really bad. And it's like, yeah, I'm done. I'm not giving that my time. And so after that, I was like, I'm done. I feel that way about Layers of Fear too. Like, I mean, if they make another game that's like Observer, I'll play it. But I'm not yeah. playing any more of these fucking Layers of Fear games. But man, just imagine if Layers of Fear 2 was more like Echo Knight. Yeah. On the cruise sure. ship. Exploring around, getting items, getting spooked by ghosts. Like, the Echo Knight games were actually pretty fucking spooky. Super spooky. And, yeah. you know, the pace was slow, so you can build suspense. Um, Man, these layers of fear to you guys don't, like, don't know what how to make a scary game. Well, at least this game is not scary. Yeah, no, it's, I think for me, it's just a big head-scratcher. Because I thought Observer was a really good game. It was really scary. I think it's it's it does that everything that these Layers of Fear games set out to do and failed. And yeah. this one is just bad. This is worse than the first one. Yeah, yeah I, I have to agree. Like <laughs> That's a real fucking and, shame. Because there are some really is. gorgeous parts. I mean, there's some set pieces that are great. And yeah. I guess maybe I have to give it some credit you know for the fact that it's worse because it reached higher did it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i think it did but then it also ends on a jump scare (laughs) so i don't fucking know bro yeah i just i just i don't know i do know that i i did hate this game i fucking hated this game i think it's terrible thirty dollars i mean would you would you play this game for five dollars no no, it's just not worth the time. It's not good. Yeah, play something else. There's a lot of video games. Yeah. I'm sure you can I, grab The Witcher 3. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, I can always just go play my default video game, which is Ikaruga. Like, I could have played five hours of Ikaruga and been a lot mm, happier. I got that on my Switch, and I got the uh, the flip grip, so I played in vertical screen mode. Nice. It's the only way to play. You should get one. They're only, like, ten bucks. I know, I need to do that. I used to actually play it. I had a square t- like tube TV that I would flip on its side. I just kept it in my room and just only played Ikuruga on it when I was in high school. Love it. Oh, if you like games like that, you absolutely have to play uh, Donmaku Unlimited 3. It's also on Switch. Okay, I'll check that out. It's so fucking good. It's a vertical bullet hell game, but all the, all the music is uh, electronic gent. So it's like super fucking heavy and all these like synths and shit and it just pumps you up and there's lasers all over the screen and it's fantastic. Fuck yeah. It's kind of like a a boiled down tincture of bullet hell. It's great. I love it. Yeah, totally. Don't don't play Layers of Fear. Play Donmaku Unlimited 3. Yeah, or play... uh, Yeah, I just finished Friends of Ringo Ishikawa. That was fucking awesome. Yeah. I, that that one looks really good. Play Observer. I mean, yeah. Observer's good, man. Observer's worth the money. Yeah. Dust off your old Super Nintendo. <laughs> play, play some Yoshi's Island. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Play some Chrono Trigger. I don't know. Earthbound. Yeah. Anything. Just... What a fuck. If, if you want to play scary games on a boat, 
play play Echo Night One. Play Echo Night. You could play that episode or that uh, level of Goldeneye that's on a boat. Uh, there's a good. Super Nintendo survival horror game. I think it's called SOS. It's on a mm. sinking ship. Go play yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's called yeah, SOS. Load up the emulator. Play that shit. Yeah. I mean, no, I really do think this game is awful and people should not play it. <laughs> like, yeah. I saw a lot of people online uh, saying that they they would give this game a Game Pass out of 10. What? AKA, wait till it comes on Game Pass and play it for free. I guess. But I would say I don't agree with that. I would just not. There's so many other spooky games you play. Spooky first-person games. There's no excuse. This one should be, like, pretty low on the list. Yeah, definitely Pirate Devotion and play that before you play this game. Yeah. <laughs> Pirate it, it, it. You know, they might be listening to this in the future, so it might be available again if they let them out of Gulag. But yeah, then you should buy it. Then you should buy it. Buy Devotion. And, but, man, don't play this. Don't even pirate it. It's not no. worth our hard drive space. No, it's not. It's a <laughs> lot of it's, it's a lot of gigs. <laughs> it's, uh, there's more gigs than spooks. Yeah, I didn't get spooked twelve and a half times in this game. <laughs> <laughs> no way. No way. No. No way. fucking way.